1: to the big biz show featuring insight analysis and a lot of stuff that's none of your business uh hold on this is the big biz show i think it is their business making the markets work for you here's the man with the plan sully
2: Hey, they're live from the Loft 100 Studios in sunny San Diego, California. Big bit of shows on the air. Good to have you along today. Sully here, Costa there, and the day trader Quattro. Let me hear you sing. One, two, three, four. Wow. wow. Monsters of Death, the quaw. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Can you get a hold of him, <laughs> James. <laughs> James? James East is the boss. He's our music director. He's my right-hand man. Boy, genie's huh. out of the bottle with Trace, man. I that's, need to get I'm telling you. Well, it's yeah, I mean, it is. It mean? is what it is. What, isn't what exactly? are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I know we got we gone from uh, you know from organic juices to yerba mate to uh, Celsius. What's <laughs> sure, is, sure. Has anybody tried Celsius? Have you had a Celsius yet? No. I did, actually don't do this anymore, but I was doing this.
0: I go get a coffee
2: on the way to go. I go box every morning. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get coffee on the way to boxing. Box, you know, you get your heart rate going, and then I have a, I have a, I'm thirsty, so I'm gonna have myself a Celsius. Oh no! Then I come in here and do a show. James, like, hey, man, I James pulls me aside. I gotta talk to you. <laughs> You're shaking like Don Knotts. <laughs> <laughs> like so wow no but i didn't re- you realize until you guys mentioned it like three months later yeah. i had no idea right so hey they trying this stuff called red bull i give it to my kids <laughs> <laughs> like i had no idea no yeah. enamel left on your teeth. oh my gosh <laughs> I, but it's but they have this um uh i went to mexico so much as a kid with my dad i mean i'd learned to drive in mexico i learned to surf in mexico uh learned import export business if you know what i mean <laughs> in the 80s yeah. in mexico um, but they always had this... Uh, thing about Mexico is they had two things that I really loved. Fanta.
3: Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Right? Yes. Absolutely. Grape and orange soda. Yep. 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 And they had, I forget the name of it, but it was an apple-flavored soda. Oh, yeah. And it was yep. so good. Oh. And Celsius has an apple flavor. Oh, good night. So this is... I'm mm-hmm. just like, ah. ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we've learned we, we, the lesson.
4: We have clover, thank
2: for Yes, that. I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the long story short here is... It's a bad thing when you say, hey, I'm going back to Yerba Mate, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know, James discovered somewhere in one of his Woodstock tours or something like but they've bottled it. Oh, Oh my gosh. Hey, great to have you along today. Marty Lair is with us uh, today, Um, had a chance to uh, really dig into this company. Uh, uh because mainly because of all of the women in my family uh but this is basically medicines for female cancers in other uh, other solid tumors and such but uh michael do you have an introduction for this man well he's the ceo and co-founder of context therapeutics incorporated a biopharma company we are big fans of because you just mentioned uh, yes they proof Looking for approved treatments. And what's their stock symbol? Hormone. Uh it be C it be It is CNTX. There you go. Trace, write that down.
5: CNTX. Martin Lair. Already written down.
2: Martin Lair. Martin, how are you, sir? Good to see you, pal.
5: Fantastic. Good seeing you.
2: Hey, listen, um, you guys, I think the when I talk about you guys, I was I was the other day, somebody asked about who was the guy on the air talking about. Uh, female cancers. I said, you mean mean hormone-driven female cancers? And I said, uh, it was context. And I said, these guys have the potential to transform treatment uh, kind of with two clinical programs. And I'm correct in saying that, right? I'm describing that accurately? You are? Yeah, And and, because you have the, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, you have ONAXR and then you have CLDN6. Talk about those for a second.
5: Yeah, they're, they're a mouthful. We have on extended release or ONEXR, which Mm -hmm. is our oral progesterone receptor antagonist. Mm -hmm. That's in a number of what's referred to as phase two clinical trials. So mid stage development, Mm -hmm. the drug's been in over 150 women to date, and it is, uh, doing a great job in many cases of keeping the cancer in check, uh, and doing so with very minimal side effects. So women are able to go about their daily lives. We also have an up-and-coming program uh, targeting a really exciting emerging oncology target called Claudin-6. That drug's called CTIM-76. It's still in preclinical development, uh, and it's about a yearish away uh, from human trials, but it's a drug we have really high hopes for.
2: Let's go back, Marty, to the, to the, uh, the uh, ONAXR, because last quarter you did a phase 1b2 uh, clinical trial. To evaluate or that was your that was the intention talk about where we are in that FDA sort of arc of the story One more time because it gets more exciting as we start watching this thing every month
5: Yeah, that's a trial we refer to as the Alona trial every clinical trial has kind of a, a fancy moniker associated with it uh, Alona is as you know the phase 1b slash 2 trial so it's both an early stage and a mid-stage trial combined kind of the best of, of both worlds we're doing the trial in partnership with a large multinational pharmaceutical company called Menorini. They have a really promising estrogen blocker called Elicestron. And so the goal of our two companies is to evaluate the potential synergy between Menarini's drug, Elicestron, and our progesterone blocker, Ona-XR. And so that's a partnership we announced in August. Worked very quickly to get the clinical trial up and running. Uh, did so recently. Uh, And we announced at the start of this year uh, that we have patients now on drug, uh, and enrollment's going really well. So that trial will ultimately enroll about 75 patients, but the first half or so of those patients should be completed this year, and we should have preliminary data in the fourth quarter.
2: Uh, Marty Lera's name. He's the CEO and co-founder of Context Therapeutics. They are publicly traded under the stock symbol CNTX. CNTX, and you can go to contexttherapeutics.com. Um, talk to us about the addressable market. We talked about this the very first time we had you on there, Marty. And I think I think this is important because this is not a small population we're talking about. I mean, what you're talking about is actually changing the world here, with specifically with this type of cancer. We'll talk about that a bit. Yeah.
5: Yeah, it's it's in, in cancer. You always feel a little uncomfortable talking about addressable market because that means you're not doing a really great job of, of treating the cancer. That means there's a lot of patients uh, who are, are on drug out there. So to put that in perspective, if you combine the United States, Western Europe and Japan, which are the most mature global pharmaceutical markets you have for metastatic patients alone with breast, ovarian and endometrial. Uh, over 350,000 patients, that's a a tremendous number. If you look at it just in the United States from an absolute market size standpoint, what the current run rate is for breast cancer is about 20 billion, ovarian is about 5 billion, and endometrial is right around 3 billion. And endometrial is particularly sad because it's one of the few cancers where the incidence, meaning that the number of patients diagnosed per year is growing and so that market's actually expected to grow to about 5 billion uh, by the end of the decade
2: if you think in terms of of your drugs okay and where they fit in the spectrum of these cancers that you just talked about is there a chance because we've heard this a lot after years of interviewing biotech companies sometimes when you create a drug you find out that it treats another sort of malady along the way is there a chance that you can touch some of these other cancers uh, that you describe, or maybe some of the ones you haven't described. Is that I, I, obviously that's always the hope, but, but any indications that you can speak of at this point?
5: Yeah, I, I think our our Claudin six program is a great example. We're focused on on female oncology. Uh, Claudin six is very prevalent in ovarian and endometrial cancer, which combined result in about twenty six to twenty seven thousand deaths per year in the U S. So a large mm-hmm i meant need again, ovarian endometrial, the number three and four causes uh, of cancer death in the United States. Um, But the drug actually and the target is expressed much more broadly than just female cancers. Uh, It is found in almost every single testicular cancer patient in many lung cancer patients uh, in many um, uh, gastric stomach Hmm. bladder. Uh, many many cancers and so we have high hopes for it not just for for female cancers but a a broad pool of potential patients
2: yeah and I think that's and I think that's the good news here right I mean it, 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 those indications sort of indicate that you're going to get across the goal line uh, when we head to phase three and, and then and, sure and, hope to, so. and then to market last of all I got about forty five seconds left I want to ask you this one more time is the idea when you get to that five yard line to take it to market yourself uh, those handsome people with the uh, Little suitcases that they walk into the doctor's offices, or or do you go to a bigger company and, and, and let let the big guys take it to market and, and kind of a risk aversion model? Any any yeah, thoughts I, about I that? Think,
5: I think every entrepreneur in their dreams aspires to, to build a, a huge company. Yeah, uh, you know the next Pfizer, uh, but I think we're we're quite happy partnering with a Pfizer, a yeah. company that already has uh, an established uh, clinical development. Uh, organization that has a sales organization sure uh, that's well-versed in something that we are not necessarily well-versed as a company right now sure Uh, so I think there's if you look at women's oncology almost every major pharmaceutical company has a presence uh, in the space yeah and so partnering with one of those would be an ideal match
2: well you got yourself a great company there Marty and we'd love to watch it we'd love to watch you build it we gotta get you to San Diego man it's not a big ask it's 70 degrees and perfect here buddy come on Martin Lair. CEO, founder, Context. CNTX is their stock symbol. Go to ContextTherapeutics.com. More big biz coming up.
3: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence
5: around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
6: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground.
1: 18
2: plus don't you love the sound of yes it's it's five o'clock somewhere There we go. Too. Big Biz Show. Listen to the Day Trader Trio today. Sounds great. James East, Brian Jordan, Trace Hodges, Mark Hattersley. Dang. I do like that sound <laughs> of. Oh. Right? <laughs> Followed by Michael, uh, Mike uh, Costa. What should I say? Costa. Yeah. There we go. It's interesting. We get emails. If you go to bigbizshow.com, there's a, there's a, there's a contact us segment, which oftentimes we get guest uh, suggestions almost every day. And now we're getting little clips of uh, beverages in different stores. In fact, you even – where were you? A uh, beautiful Flatonia, Texas between Christmas and New Year's population like, I don't know, 43,000, uh, Robert? And I'm in this little country store that sold everything from barbecue to, to baby diapers, and there is a Copa Divino display <laughs> right out front. I swear I get one of those every day. What did, you know, One of the first things you and I talked about uh, maybe a year and a half ago when we first met was the the underestimation of distribution? Are you changing your distribution channels, or are we just are they just finally getting it now? To because you're everywhere, it seems like, or at least the the emails that we're getting show that you're darn close to everywhere.
6: Yeah, we're, we're making tremendous traction, you guys. It's really exciting, and
2: and I have to tell you,
6: it's so you know um, I'm not sure if you noticed if you go to our website, our tagline for Cap Out, which has always been a fight brand and not necessarily fighting. Yeah, you fight for your life. You fight for your children. You fight for whatever. Uh, it's be unstoppable. So, um, it's
2: yeah, very, it, very that's great. interesting. And and okay. and uh, we're going to show you guys here in just a few. The uh, if if we may, there's a there's a lot of great assets and video that's out. I don't know who's putting together your marketing over there, but there's there's suddenly uh, a ton of marketing out for Tap Out as well. And Tap Out. Let's talk about Tap Out for a minute. Um, Robert, because that was what puts you guys on the elevator last year when you guys did a distribution deal with Walmart, suddenly, um, we saw activity in your market cap. We saw activity everywhere. And, and of course the end caps of Walmart had your drink, w- you know, what does it take to break through a retailer like that? Is, 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 is that sort of the goal from the very beginning or was that just sort of the, Oh my gosh, we should have thought about this a long time ago.
6: Yeah, no. It's uh, everybody. Everybody understands what needs to happen in the beverage business. It's not hard to understand. You, you. Know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've met that go to the zoo and pick a color and an animal and they put it in a can and they're going to sell it to Walmart or Seven Eleven. You know, it doesn't work that way. So the concept's easy. The execution is very, very difficult. You're going up against my old company, Red Bull. You're going up against. Pepsi, Budweiser, whomever. So the yeah. idea is simple, but the execution is very difficult. So that's when we Absolutely. bet. Yeah, it yeah. just takes time. You know, it takes time. So you're starting to see the efforts of, uh, of uh, the fruit from
2: all those efforts. The, you know, what's interesting here, Robert, is that you're, you're going back to Copa Divino, that was your first acquisition. And yes. did you go into this business? Because you are the founder and CEO, and, and what, what Robert's talking about when he says, my old, my old company is talking about Red Bull. He was the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the fifth employee, senior vice president, general manager of Red Bull North America. That's a pretty big title if you consider how big Red Bull is. Um, was it always an acquisition model or was it we're going to create our own stuff and then we're going to go out there and try to get our balance sheet looking great by, by getting low debt, uh, high, high revenue products? or was it always a, Was it always going to be a, an acquisition model? Well, a little, both.
6: you know, we had we, we, we love our, our legacy brands. and We want to grow them organically. And, um, and what those did for us before any acquisitions was allowed us to get organized. And I assemble a team that's second to none. I mean, it really is a who's who in beverage um, in this country, both the executive management team and our board. Um, and we're not here to build a 20 or 30 million dollar company. So, so the acquisition portion of this, uh, is a critical piece to our long-term uh, significant growth plan. Uh, so we're constantly evaluating targets, and we've talked about that a couple of times. But on the legacy piece, this is interesting. Um, you know, if you look at our numbers, Q three to Q three, because those are public, sure, basically doubled our
2: business, right, with our yeah. existing. you have stores. you you actually literally doubled your business. In fact, I went yeah. through it. And I was going to ask you about that, but continue because that's a big it, deal. It is a big deal,
6: and now and now, to think about. Um, we've announced in, since basically, you know, Q4 of last year, we've announced AMPM out where you guys are in the West, Circle K, total West Coast for Copa Divino. Um, We've announced uh, we've got a target authorization now nationally. You know about Walmart. We just announced Publix, and we're loading Publix as of last week. Uh, we've got Winn-Dixie. We have ShopRite. All of this is since our Q3 to Q3 growth. If you add up in 7-Eleven also for, for Popoloco, if you add up all those store doors, that's approximately 19, 20,000 stores that we didn't have during that Q3 to Q3 uh, period. So, assuming that business continues to double, now we've got another 19 plus thousand stores uh, in front of our runway, uh, as extra runway in front of us right now. So, we're very excited about 2023. So, it's both. That's legacy brand growth, but we're also evaluating targets for acquisition. Can't talk in detail, as you know, but uh, there are a few on the uh, few on the whiteboard right now.
2: Robert, on any given day, you know how many small beverage people are sending you either you know uh, an email or you know their product, <laughs> saying, "Hey, what about me? What about like Mike Costas, Jailhouse Hooch? You know, <laughs> you know, how... Mike Costas, yeah. Pruno? Yeah, pretty much. How often does that does it happen every day?
6: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really, really important, interesting question. And I get at least one a day. Our our president, Bill Meisner, gets one or two a day. Our CFO, Ron Wall, gets one or two a day. And it's exactly what I talked about. Um, people might have a great idea, but they have no idea how to get it to shelf. And that's the trick in this business. And that's the thing we're best at. Yeah, uh, We're very, very proud of it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to understand. It's not like a uh, medical device that maybe you understand, maybe you don't. I mean, it's simple. You know, I've got to put something in a package, and I want somebody to drink it. That's the concept. You know, so, yeah, we get a lot of those. One, one sorry, quick quick side to that. When I was um, with Republic National, um, which is, this, I think they're the second largest distributor in the country, right behind Southern Glaciers. I kept that job. I used to call it cardboard boxes of hopes and dreams. I wanted to see <laughs> what people were... You know? <laughs> and... And, I mean, once in a while, there's a diamond in the rough in there. but um,
2: times- Yeah, because you know, Robert, you know it's in somebody's cardboard box of hope and dreams. There's a Red Bull can or there's a Copa de Vino can. Right. No, honestly, right. the, somebody else is going to be speaking. And, and speaking of Copa de Vino, wasn't that a Shark Tank thing? Didn't I see that on Shark yeah. Tank?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a guy named James Martin was the founder. He works for us now.
2: Did you go um, out there because you saw it on Shark Tank?
6: No, no. We went out there because we saw the writing on the wall with the single-serve quality yeah. wine consumer proposition. Yeah. Um, there have always been the little four-packs with the little 187 glass bottles in them. Yeah, right. And sure. yeah, some are okay, some aren't. Um, but James is a hell of a winemaker. This yeah. is Columbia Valley Wine, um, and he was the he was really the innovator here. So if you go to, you know, you guys in Southern California, go to Ralph's, you'll find an MCAP. cap, yeah. And it's all single serve, you know, bottled, canned wine. It's all good wine, <laughs> you know. So he, he was the leader of that. That's the reason we went after
2: him. All right, man. Listen, Robert Destico, founder, CEO, of Splash Beverage Group. By the way, S B E V, S B E V, is their stock symbol. Robert, got to get you back in San Diego. Get you in front of the uh, yeah. in front of the crowd there, hey, buddy. Uh, next, next month. All right, you'll be here. Check out this video.
5: for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Wow, they're expanding their musical prowess. Can you name the band, and can you name the singer? We got the Blues Brothers. Spencer Davis Group, Thank Little you. Stevie Winwood. No. Thank you very much. Where's no, that's from? It's, that's from spending all my life in a radio studio. <laughs> I mean, seriously, right? I'm Spencer Davis Group, Little Stevie Winwood. Hey, Ben Aris is here. Ben Aris is the chairman and co-founder of Rival. Uh, in their stock symbols, R Y V L R V Y L. I knew that. I did. So let's see, somebody's got a can, somebody's got a can Greg Totter off here because let me fire him. R V Y. Well, let me tell you, I got an excuse because you changed your stock symbol in your name. Uh, great to have you. And you are the person who is the only person that's actually successfully described to us uh, how blockchain and digital currency works and why payment systems for such are going to be the on ramp for all of us. It's not really. The investing in, I, in fact, I was thinking about you the other day as I was talking to you, talking about you to someone. I realized that it's not a function of us investing in, in digital currencies that's going to make us money. It's when we realize that the on-ramp to digital currency is really payment systems. Correct. I, don't you think? <clears throat> now, what do you do when you go to a grocery store? You get your stuff and what's the other? Zip, zip. You're out, right? Yeah. Tap and go. I would already say the same forty dollars in your wallet, which is about what I have in my wallet at all times, is the same forty dollars I've had since the last time I went to a hotel, because that's the last time I had to tip somebody. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? You go to what you go to a restaurant, you're tipping them this way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. I don't know any other option, any other opportunities you gotta tip people, but uh, hotel, valet, restaurant. Other than that, though, we're paying for everything else through. Automatic payment systems as well as electric. So talk about that because you guys really are one of the first and safest Ways to pay and and I think that the real on-ramp to digital currency is how we're going to pay with digital currency, correct? Correct.
3: Yeah, and even you know, when you mentioned the tipping even tipping now uh, In all sorts of venues is done digitally Um the, the great extreme of that is is a, a performance in a, a gentleman's club with a tattoo that has a, a QR code on it. And what? You just point your phone and t- Mike's
2: trying to look innocent here, but somehow I realize you know this. So so okay, so even that is possible. I got a barcode here. <laughs> if I, you know, if I were a valet, that's hair. Yeah, Just, why not? Right? or with the QR. QR? Right. Yeah. yeah. You can do it with a sticker or with a tattoo. Talk about the difference in when we're talking about paying for goods and services in dollars versus digital and the current infrastructure and the blockchain. Talk about the, the, talk about the merging of it, but talk about the differences right now and the problems right now. That yeah, we'll so
3: we, we see uh, essentially the same problems that we forecasted years ago. Uh, Those were defined in in my white paper two years ago uh, in saying that we need these basic principles to be in every payment Mm system, especially digital systems. Number one, full backup uh, in fiat for every digital system. Number two, these funds, these uh, custodial funds cannot be utilized in any other fashion other than for custody. Uh, number three, these have to be verified by a third party entity what you're, describe,
2: it, what you're describing is digital currency in the pocket. correct
3: absolutely uh, and, and what's the difference between digital currency and, and stable coin um, you know they both describe the same thing they both reference the same underlying uh, value The only difference is that the standard digital currency that the, the government is playing uh, with uh, now, and other ideas that are floating out there uh, versus stablecoin is the single point of truth, right? That everybody is looking at the same ledger. Everybody has the same basic information. Nobody can manipulate it. Uh, it's write once, read many. This is the basic principle in every custodial system, in in our view.
2: And I think what's interesting here is is the way it changes the way we do business. Before we let you out of here, uh, Rival is the name of the company, R-V-Y-L is the new stock symbol. Of course, Ben Ares is our guest. He's the chairman and co-founder. It's great to have you here. Um, and I want you more often. I wanted you to tell us what you're looking most forward to for the company here in 2023, because lots of stuff, you, 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 you did a lot <coughs> of stuff last year. Talk about what's going on this year.
3: Uh, so a lot of things are happening uh, with the company now. Uh, first of all, we joined the battle against naked shorts. We, we talked see about
2: earlier in the program. The yeah, the, the, we, you know, the biggest threat to our capital markets is this negative naked, naked shorting and and uh, and 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 such. And, and you guys are on that list of, of right. folks that joined that lawsuit. Talk about where that's going.
3: Yeah. So we did uh, some research recently uh, with a very capable team that we have seen deployed with the Genius and uh, with Cosmos and with other. Uh, players in the the industry, Uh, we see trends that are frightening.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, We went back five years on our uh, ledger uh, with our uh, stock, uh, both on on the OTC and on NASDAQ, Uh, and we have identified uh, interesting trends. Uh, for uh, short selling, mm-hmm. including naked short selling, of about 43% of all trades on our stock. Sure. Uh, calculating that to, to today, uh, that forms about 900 million dollars lost uh, to the company uh, and its investors. And that's just one, And
2: that's one company.
3: And that's one company. Yeah. Um, and not a large one. Yeah. A small one.
2: Well, that, uh, and, so, and how that translates is not just wealth for investors. It also translates in in, in, limit, in limiting you as a company because the perception of new investment coming in is false.
3: Exactly, exactly.
2: Right? I mean, they're looking at what you guys can do, and they say, okay, a lot of great things happening. Look at the press releases. Things are going well. Why is the price not acting like the news? And this is, this is the problem with any so, stock under $10 that's suffering through a naked short. And by the way, a naked, right. uh, shorting, once again, you borrow shares from your broker. You sell those shares. You buy them back at a cheaper price. Hopefully the stock is going down and you keep the difference and make a profit. Yeah, naked, shorting, naked shorting is, is, you don't borrow the shares, you just sell them and you get the money back. And but here's the deal, you get your, when you trade stock either way, you get your cash in two days. It's called T plus two, it used to be T plus three. Broker to broker though, when they're settling up the borrowed shares, 20 trading days. They're never, ever never catching settle. up. It never settles. Oh my God. And the regulators are not in any position. Right. So that's what you guys are doing with Congress here, saying, hey, look, right. you've got to stop naked shorting. It can't exist anymore. Right. It's illegal so, already, but they've got to do something more about it.
3: What we're trying to do is get the, uh, the regulator, and particularly the SEC, to follow up on the existing regulations. So uh, Regulation SHO uh, has a rule called Rule 203B1. Which basically forces or regulates every broker to identify the underlying security for every yeah. sale. So, and true, there's only three you gotta, options.
2: You got to true up.
3: Exactly, exactly. It's called the location. Right. right. So, you have to locate the underlying security and identify it, code it in the sale transaction.
2: So, if I want to or exempt. If I want to borrow 100 shares of rival to bet against it or short it. You better identify those shares that I'm borrowing,
3: Right. not so just either, let me sell According to the regulations, you either have to have this stock in your possession to short it yeah. or have a reasonable opportunity to acquire it before you have to present it.
2: So who's the culpable party? Is it the market maker? Is it the broker-dealer? Or is it it's the, the broker-dealer? Broker yeah, I think it's so. It's the
3: broker-dealer. Oh. Uh, so the problem is that broker-dealers have a great incentive, and we spoke about it the last time, To basically bend the rules, because because that's their source of capital. Because they get commissions.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's the same reason. It's the same sort of argument um, that we had with the mortgage-backed securities that caused the financial collapse. Correct. 2008, 2009. Why did we have mortgage-backed securities? Why why were we giving out loans by fogging up a mirror? Because mortgage brokers got a commission. Exactly. And then we created derivatives off that. Then they sold it. And the guy who sold it to this... So I've got all these mortgages here that I just funded. I'm going to sell it to the next guy. Well, if I'm going to sell it, I get a commission on it. Right. And this guy right. says, well, I'm going to sell it to a bigger, pro- got a commission on that. Right. And, th- and this is what perpetuates the problem and at some point.
3: But you know what? This is a great example because the, the same problem that existed in mortgage-backed securities, where you have a, a mortgage for $1,000 yeah. and a security backed in it for $1,500. Sure. Same thing happens here. Yeah. Uh, some brokers allowed uh, for a sale of stock. That is in, in a number that is greater than the total right. shares outstanding. Meaning, yeah. there was never they
2: a out reasonable yeah.
3: opportunity they to buy back three, the underlying security. They
2: loaned out 300% of 100%. Exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, is why the SEC exactly. exists in the first place. Because <laughs> back in the 20s, they were selling 300% oh, of exactly. 100% yeah. of Mike's prison hooch uh, alcohol company. I knew it. His name is Ben Harris. Rival, RBYL what's the new website by the way
5: rival.com
2: rival.com there you on our website thank you bud appreciate it good You're to right? see you I yeah more big biz coming up sully costa now i got you thinking huh? <laughs> rival to the rescue see you in a minute
1: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win
2: Live from the Loft 100 Studios in sunny San Diego, California. Big Biz shows on the air. Sully here, Costa there, and the DTC. The claw. Oh, you guys are good. Yeah. Brian's not going to get fined this week, <laughs> but Mike may. Uh, I had to say that. Sorry. Hey, great to have you along today uh, as usual. And one of our favorite parts of the program is when you send us emails uh, giving us advice on who we should have on the air, which we largely ignore unless you get a company like this, uh, which is a company called uh, NewTex Health Incorporated. Anybody heard of micro hospitals? No. Speaking certainly. of being, making me sick to my stomach, have you, <laughs> has anybody heard, have you heard of a micro hospital? I've heard of tiny homes. I've heard of mini um,
5: uh, um, Campers.
2: Yeah, urgent care facilities, sure. right? Sure. But there's this thing called micro-hospitals, and, and of course, New Tech Health, uh, which is publicly traded under the stock symbol NUTX, uh, is an expert in that field. Dr. Tom Vo is the CEO and chairman of the board of this company, and we got him to join us here on the air on Big Biz, uh, nationwide, coast-to-coast, and also on American Forces Radio Network. That's right, we're TV and radio. But it is the future of health here. Tom, thanks for joining us, pal.
4: No, thank you very much.
2: Talk to Thanks us about this. Talk to us about this micro hospital uh, concept because we've never heard of it before.
4: Yeah, we've been in business for about ten years, even though we've been public for only about eight months or so. But uh, a micro hospital is exactly what it sounds like. It's a small hospital. Um, I'm sure you've heard of, you've seen big hospitals that are about a thousand beds, that are about maybe a hundred thousand square foot. Our hospital is a lot smaller. It's about twenty thousand square foot. Uh, it has a fully functional 24-7 ER. It's got four to 10 inpatient beds. And that's it. That's all we do. We deal with maybe two or three service lines. We're very good at it. And uh, we treat every patient that walks through the door. And the patient that we can't treat, we, we would then transfer to a much bigger hospital. That's basically the model. And uh, the de- the demand for this model has been very robust for the past 10 years or so. So Dr. Vo, ta- t- talk, t- t- t-
2: talk to us about the advantage of a micro-hospital versus, uh, you know, the giant scene elsewhere that we see on television. Um, yeah, what, no, what, yeah. What's the advantage of a micro-hospital?
4: Well, many advantages. So so the, the, the main advantage is that it's smaller, is much more replicable, it's uh, versatile. You could put it really anywhere in, in any neighborhood, any city that needs uh, um, uh, healthcare. Um, and it's a much cheaper to run, and it's much more efficient. And not only that, since uh, we deal with mainly emergencies, we're very good at it, and so when a patient comes in, the weight's a lot less, and not only that, the care's better than, than the much bigger hospital with much many more service lines.
2: The uh, the interesting part of this thing is so you are expanding what we would see in a normal urgent care situation where they're they're assessing what's going on they're taping you up stitching you up but they're not really a surgical suite and they can't really do the full complement of services is that the big difference here?
4: Yeah no that's that's the main difference the main difference is that uh, urgent cares are ran mainly by uh, mid level providers like nurse practitioners mm-hmm. PAs and so they could do they could diagnose a lot of stuff but they really can't do a lot. And so when that happens, we actually get a lot of referrals from urgent cares. And it's, so when, when they can't handle that, they would send the patient to us.
2: I've got a question about, let's, let's do top-down in healthcare care, because um, I found this thing, and, and only because I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford it, MDVIP, which means that when I need a doctor, my doctor, I have a cell phone.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: I call his office. I need to be in there this afternoon at 4.15. I can get an appointment today at 4.15. I'm in front of him. Like concierge. I'm, it is. I'm in front of him. Now, and it's not that cost prohibitive. I mean, it costs a little bit more. It's not that much more. But I mean, at the end of the day, the reason I did it and, and decided to forego on my extra visit to Starbucks every week or whatever it's costing me in exchange for that is because the existing state of healthcare care is that uh, it, it's, it's overcrowded and it's run like Social Security. No, it, it's really, and I don't care if you're private practice or, or, or public health or even public hospitals. That is the main problem, is that they're pushing us through like sheep, and none of it's efficient. Is that the biggest issue in your mind, is the inefficiency, not to mention the inefficacy of what's going on in there?
4: Yeah, no, no, that's definitely one of the inefficiencies. And so our model basically addresses all those inefficiencies and provides more accessibility to patients like yourself. So so you're fortunate in the sense that you do have a private doctors. But the majority of Americans do not have that privilege, and so the majority of Americans unfortunately have to end up in an emergency room when they need care. Unfortunately, simply because there's a lack of primary care providers, and there is a, a very inconvenient uh, for them to to uh, schedule an appointment with their with their primary providers. Well, and that's and
2: that's the thing. I mean, look at I I I've given up. I gave up. I've been doing this for I think ten years now with that, and I gave up certain things in my life because at some point, have you guys heard me say, my time's more valuable than money at some point. Because when, when you just need to go in for a physical that should literally take a couple hours if they do a complete physical, it shouldn't take six because you're waiting for three. And I think that's a piece of this. The other thing too is uh, there's, there's, there's a number of articles about how they triage ER patients across this country. And, and the, the triage issue, uh, you know, in other words, the, the who gets priority, uh, comes down to the fact that uh, it, it's, it depends on how crowded your ER room is. Sometimes, even the most you know, even gunshot wounds have got to sit there for a second. Yeah. And and that that's an issue. I'm assuming, uh, Doctor Vo, that this takes care of it. That that New Tech's micro hospitals take care of a of an emergency situation differently, or, or do you guys stay away from the ER side of it?
4: Oh no no, we we deal 100 with the ER side, and and that's a, that's the difference with our efficient model. Is that if you come in with a say say you know something like a, an ankle sprain or an abdominal pain, you don't have to compete with the other gunshot wounds or the heart attack or the key stroke that are in the bigger ER, and so and so that's that's the one difference is that we do see patients a lot faster. We do see the patient in a more coordinated way, and we and we we triage, we treat, and we discharge or transfer much better than the other model. And so I think that's the biggest difference with our model versus the other models.
2: Hey, Doctor Bill, last of all, and I want to have you back on the air because it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic. Do you have trouble getting doctors and nurses and staff in in this micro model because it's not the norm? I mean, what's your adoption rate with empl- on the employee side?
4: Oh, our, our adoption rate has been fantastic, and here's the reason why. The reason why is our culture. We have a fantastic culture that makes it a very great work environment for both doctors and nurses. Number one. Number two is that most of our doctors are also investors in our hospitals. And so through our public company sure. uh, and the real estate. And so once you have doctors that are owners that take uh, ownership of the hospital, sure. patient care would be better and much faster and more efficient.
2: The, uh, the name of the company, once again, is Nutex Health. They are publicly traded under the stock symbol NUTX. Uh, I said it was the last question. I got one more for you. Uh, in every state, eventually, where are, we, where are we located now and where are we going?
4: Uh, right now, we're in, uh, we have 22 locations in eight states. We're going to probably double our size in about two years, and we're going to add five more states. So we'll be in about 14 states in about two years. Gotta love
0: it.
2: Can you come back on the air with us, Tom? I hope so. We'd love to. Dr. Tom Vo. God. The future of healthcare. Retax. The wait. The micro hospital. Genius. Thanks, Sutton. So All right, more big biz coming up. Stand by. Sully Costa, the day trader, Quantro. The quack, the quack. We need a clothing sponsor. <laughs>
1: and